With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 96th episode of Monkey Spinning Robots. Today is a jam-packed episode. Super excited. EJ and I are talking about Ouija Origin of Evil. Jack Reacher Never Go Back. Our main segment is HBO's Westworld, plus our new soapbox segment. It's going to be crazy! I'm your host, Matt Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Joining me in the banter is my co-host, movie critic EJ Marino. I can't believe that we're doing another awesome episode. We're on episode 96. It's going to be great. And I'm going to talk about Ouija Origin because I liked it. You're not a horror fan. And I was really upset that you didn't get to go to the screening because I think it was way... I think it's going to end up being way better than Jack Reacher. Well, I don't want to disappoint our viewers with my Jack Reacher review, uh, so I won't spoil that yet. But the way our segments are working now is I'm putting time on the clock, and we're going to run it, and then as soon as we end with it, as soon as the timer goes off, then we're moving on to the next subject. So this time, it's EJ gets five minutes for his Ouija review, I get five minutes for my Jack Reacher review, and then our soapbox segments are one minute apiece, and then our main topic is HBO Westworld, and we're going to have ten minutes to just go after it on that show we got tons of stuff to talk about so that's how the segments are going to work for now in the future if you like this style let us know give us some feedback comment on the post send us a tweet ej five minutes are on the clock for ouija origin of evil go i went into this movie man with little little expectations i recently watched the first ouija movie to kind of prep myself for this and really didn't like it. It was kind of boring, like teen ghost drama. PG-13, Platinum Dunes, dude, I check out instantly. But this one, i really blown away about how much I liked it. The director is a really good director. Um, Mike Flanagan's really cool. He did Oculus, which recently came out. I don't know if you saw that. Did not um, see Oculus. It was really cool. It's really, like, mind-bending. And, yeah, like, I, I'm actually kind of impressed by what he does. He also did Hush. That's kind of got, a, like, a big name going on on Netflix. It's about a, like, a home invasion movie, but the woman is, like, deaf and mute. And it was a very interesting kind of style of home invasion movie because there was a lot of silence to it. And I think he's a great filmmaker, and he really kind of brought that to Ouija Origin of Evil. And I want to say he was almost too good of a director for – kind of a sequel that had little expectations because I want someone I want people to see this movie and I really hope the good reviews kind of sell it more Henry Thomas is in this dude the cast is really good but e. I will say, Henry Thomas but no them everyone who's in this movie is awesome but um the little girl Lulu Wilson really 
really eats the screen in this one. And I'm a big fan of like child actors in these kind of movies. And she's a perfect example of a really great one. I love that girl. She really kind of everyone else who's in the movie. I think the mom's she's a pretty notable actress. I really can't think of her name right off the top of my head. But she, Katie she's Seagal? A, no, no, no. Uh, th- she was a different one. No, I don't remember Katie Seagal in the movie. She's credited, but I don't remember seeing her. Um, oh, it's I rem- Kate Siegel. It's not Katie Seagal. See, they tricked me because Katie Seagal is also in Oculus. So I was like, oh, he's worked with her before. She's going to be in it. So, yeah, I was disappointed to not see her in it. But, yeah, the mom has a decent name attached. But, no, I think that movie is really about the little girl and her possession and the things she does. She did some crazy scenes in that. I was really impressed by her. What does Doug Jones do in the movie? Uh, he's obviously the the creature, the ghost kind of thing. He plays a Doug Jones kind of character. I love what he does from what he did with the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth to what he did in Hellboy. Great actor. And he kind of did the same thing he always does here. He's creepy. He does really good with CGI and makeup. Doug Jones is awesome. And there's two different girls who play Paulina Xander. So it must be like future past flashback thing going on in the movie well see they didn't really touch on that because the girls who are in this movie were well one of them was in the in the original ouija but it was set in like 2014 so to see it in the in the past they really don't go into the future too much so when i saw her credit as two different names i was like i don't think that's fair yeah some of the imbd credits for this are a little wonky so far oh elizabeth Riser or Reezer? Yes. She looks very familiar. I've seen her in a lot of things. Yeah, she did fine, but I think her character was one note. Same thing with the other daughter. I, I liked her, and you know she had a good character, but it didn't really elevate to what Lulu Wilson's. I can't think of her character off the top of my head. Grey's Anatomy. She, that's where she's from. That's where I know her from. Oh, yeah, she is in that. And, yeah, I, she's not bad, but I this wasn't her movie. And unfortunately, they all got shown up by like an 11 year old girl getting possessed by the devil. Dude, she delivered this monologue about like strangling a guy and getting into graphic detail and just how like dry she delivered it. I was like, all right, this little girl's creepy. And she kept going with it. Was it like hardcore? Like. Yeah, she's just talking about like how his eyes are going to water and like he's going to feel like blood go through his like throat. And this guy she's telling this to is like a 16 year old kid getting freaked out. I was I was impressed. Some of the ghost effects get kind of cheesy in this genre. That's what happens. But I, I kind of ignored it because the movie around it, it's tight. I liked it better than what The Conjuring tries to do by telling too many stories. This was focused. It was one house. One family, you know, it 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 was if it was focused, and I think. And you used the board, and then that's how you got possessed. It's a magical board. Well, yeah, because the the mother and the daughters are doing like fake seances to like make money. They're kind uh. of hustling people, so they bring the board since it's the '60s. You know, it's new. They bring it to like add on to the show and the house that they're in and their family life. It doesn't go well for them, and I don't want to get into too much because it is a good story to kind of like let yourself dive into, and you really don't need to see the original Ouija to watch this one, and I want to push that hard because I think people should go see this. Even if they were turned off by the original Ouija or wanted to skip it, actually see this one. Probably my favorite. Uh, final thoughts? It's probably my favorite Haunted House movie this year, man. I, I, I'm impressed, and I'm hard to impress with these kind of like paranormal movies. Now, this segment 
is a new segment to the podcast, and I'm kind of excited about this. This is our soapbox segment, and what we're going to do here is I get one minute to talk about whatever I want in pop culture, and EJ gets one minute to talk about whatever he wants. And since EJ just gave his review for Ouija, I'm on the board first. Matt, you have one minute starting in three, two, one. What I have to say here is Guardians of the Galaxy trailer just came out. Volume 2 trailer came out. And they're using a Red's Weapon 8K Vista Vision camera. And oh my gatos, these screenshots that I took are just so crisp, so clean, so cool. There's going to be something going on in this film that we're never have going to see before in sci-fi. James Gunn is going to take himself from good director to visionary with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That's my prediction going on right now. Bold prediction, man. Bold prediction. Another thing for Marvel Comics. Marvel Comics just sent out an email. They said Civil War number 2 or Civil War Volume 2 number 7 arrives one week earlier. I got that email. You know what this does? This fucks up every... Oh. I got to be quicker next time. Going to have to be quicker for these, man. I got to come out. I got to come out flying with all the things I got to say. Well, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, man. It's a hot topic. You really wanted to dive into that really deep. And hey, at least we know next time we just got to like pick up. I, at least I can go second round for this. And I know kind of how to prep myself. Hi, EJ. Your soapbox one minute starts right now. So tonight we're filming this on Wednesday evening and we're going to get a new American Horror Story this evening and it's going to shift the whole season. It's been kind of this like documentary, like haunted house, very ghost adventures kind of show. And now it's going to shift to something different and they haven't said what it is. So excited. I'm also watching Scream Queens on Fox. Dude, loving it. Jamie Lee Curtis, John Stamos, Emma Roberts, great cast, can't be fun. And one of my favorite news Wrestling is going to get the first female main event in a Hell in the Cell match. We talked about it when we did our review for WrestleMania, the Shane McMahon Undertaker Hell in the Cell match. Now the girls are going to do it, Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Dude, so excited as like a wrestling fan, as like a kind of low-key feminist. So excited for that. And I'm going to finish before my minute's over. Wow, you just cheated. Look at all this, this burning time on the clock. This, I think this is going to be my new favorite segment. Oh, there it is. I mean, I can't, I'm going to give you the time if you want to talk. But no, no, I, think, no. I, I think this is going to be my new favorite segment because you got you to gotta think this thing out big time. Yeah, and if we kind of switch up who goes first and everything, it kind of throws each other off. That's going to be fun to do each week. I hope uh, if, you know, if you guys are liking it, let, like, comment. Tell us if you like this change because I think we're going to dig this. Matt, you saw Jack Reacher the night that I saw Ouija. We kind of split up this week for screenings. What did you think of it? Uh, I kind of liked the original Jack Reacher, and I was hoping it would not be as bad as I'm seeing some of the early reviews. What's your review? And five minutes is on the clock. EJ, I was a huge, like you said, you were a fan of the original Jack Reacher. I was a huge fan of the original Jack Reacher. I thought it came out pretty solid. It was a very simple action flick. It did what it had to do. Bad guy, good guy, bad guy with just overreaching power. And then good guy who's just got skill levels in just a simplistic action movie that I reminded me of like 80s action and did everything it needed to do and then just ended. I loved it. And then Jack Reacher, Never Go Back comes out 
it goes into every sequel trope possible. I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, they got to introduce another Jack Reacher character. Then they got to introduce a kid. I was like waiting for a dog to show up or Joe Pesci to show up as far as a sequel. And then I was a huge fan of all those token lines. He's so many like slow pauses as Tom Cruise says something badass. And I was like, this is awesome. But then once you start adding the tropes of the extra characters doing the same stupid things, and I was like, oh, this is just nails on a chalkboard in certain areas. Like it was nails on a chalkboard. And then I really like the action. The action scenes are just awesome. And I love the Jack Reacher character. Like Tom Cruise is definitely starting to look a little old, a little, you know, a little beat down. And he got beat down a lot, which I, which I thought was cool with the action going on is that, you know, he's an older character and he's getting his ass kicked. So he's just not going to bounce right back. Like you see these indestructible characters here and there. And he had, he again, was like this loner badass. And it was just this kind of like, almost cartoonish comic bookish type character that they kind of just kept evolving. And I, I, it makes me kind of want to read the books to see how close the movie was to this book because it had a lot of cheesy lines. And I wonder if that's in the book. I, that's something I really, really liked about the first Jack Reacher. I thought he was kind of uh he was punny and there's a serious movie and he was kind of this like almost lighthearted feeling of it. He was still badass, still didn't like sacrifice any of that, but he was funny. And I was hoping that they would keep that up. And I kind of figured that they would keep the action scenes up, but to see that they went sequel territory where my movie that I saw kind of avoided all the prequel sequel kind of tropes. And I I was kind of happy and it sucks that Jack Reacher fell into like just kind of trash late, 90s action movie tropes and i'm not sure if i don't like colby smolders the girl from i don't know i know your father i know your mother i know what your mother did she's know. also it's, maria hill that's um, stupid from the Aven- tv show from cbs can't stand it i i don't know it's just, i can't even say the name she just angers me so much but no like she's kind of a badass badass in this and they kind of like i don't know they do some weird they do some really weird awkward things like she takes her top off. Not takes her top off, but she takes her shirt off. And so she's just wearing her bra and she's got her pants on. And then, like, Tom Cruise has this shirt off. And I was like, are they going to... They they tried... I think they tried to build sexual tension, but didn't accomplish it at all. I think that's well, what was really funny. Yeah, the two actors probably had no chemistry with each other like that. So it just probably was like, well, that was just going to sink and miss quickly. I was kind of hoping that they didn't go like love story route with those two because well, that movie starts, doesn't need it. That's how they. That's how uh, Jack Reacher ends up in, in Washington is that he's supposed to go on a date with her. But then she ends up in prison. He has to break her out. A lot of shenanigans ensue afterwards. And then there's this like one scene where Jack's like, I'm going to go after the bad guy. And she's like, no, I've been pushed around by men my whole entire life. Like, I'm going after the bad guy. And they have this battle of the sexes, which, since they're joking, there's, like, jokes playing around here and there. Like, then they have this battle of the sexes, and then, like, she raises her fist like she's going to punch him. And he's like, he gets serious. He's like, don't. And I was like, this is so weird. There were certain aspects of it that just got really funky. I was really just disappointed with all everything that happened with it. 
Yeah, it's just because I want them to separate themselves from Mission Impossible because I think that's his big action franchise. And if he wants to do another big action franchise, they have to separate it. And you're starting to this is starting to sound like the newest Mission Impossible movie. And I'm not too happy that it's kind of reaching this like cliched action movie where I thought the first Jack Reacher was different. No, they they played it straight with the characters though. Like Mission Impossible is a whole nother gambit of action movies. But my final thought on Jack Reacher never go back this shit never went there to begin with and i would probably if you want to see this i would put it in rental territory yeah i think it's like netflix 999 territory our main topic for the day is the first three episodes of westworld i think if we talked about just the premiere of westworld we wouldn't do it justice now that we're three episodes in. HBO's done a lot of interesting things with the series. I think we have a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. Ten minutes are on the clock. EJ, go. I like how you said three episodes would do it justice. I don't think a whole season would help me fully grasp and be able to ready like talk about this show. Not that it's like too much to handle, but I was thrusted into this world, and I have seen the original like Westworld, but this is kind of this is just different from the original to me, but kind of still the same feeling. And they've kept a lot of the same ideas, but this is so different. And I'm 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 not lost, but I need answers soon, or I might check out shortly. Visually, I think the movie, the show, is great. I think they a lot of good color palettes, a lot of expensive sets, um, lots of beautiful people running around and everything. There's a lot of layers in it that I really like. I love the whole robot, robot, human, you know, are we slaves? Are we not slaves? Are we going to break through with AI? What happens when you break that rule of killing humans and then go from there? There's a lot of mysteries and there's a lot of good actors. So I'm in it, but I wouldn't necessarily say I like it. Well, yeah, I don't think it's this groundbreaking moving piece of TV and as good as it is, I think it's been hyped and been promoted, and I think maybe my expectations were a little higher for it. And while it's not a horrible dumpster fire of garbage, it's just not that – I don't think it's not that great. And I think also I have higher hopes for HBO, especially after what they did with Game of Thrones and adapting that crazy world into a beautiful television show. The first three episodes of that, I was sold. The first three episodes of this – I need to see at least one or two more before I can really judge it. I really enjoyed the movie, the 70s film. Uh, I Westworld with Yul Brenner. I thought that was an amazing film. And you mentioned it in the pre-show Fist Fight that like, this, this movie was way ahead of its time coming out with what they're talking about now back then. I'm trying. My thing is, you got the men in black. You know that that's the bad guy. And then I was, I'm a huge fan of James Marston, Cyclops. And then he's a robot, but he gets killed all the time. Like, what is his role going to be? Poor uh, Teddy. His yeah. whole, like, I die every episode gimmick is kind of funny because I actually think I'm not a big fan of him, especially after Cyclops and X Men. So it's kind of fun to see him play this, like, kind of. Not dorky role, but like this is kind of like, oh, I'm dying. 
I'm going to die multiple times this episode. His character has been fun. I've actually really ended up liking Dolores a lot and Anthony Hopkins' character Ford. Two great characters that I like way more than I thought. I, w- I was going to talk about Dolores next because what I do like about this show is how it's layered. Like, There's a lot of layers going on. And I love the fact that Dolores is the first robot. And that she's been through everything. And so her mind is just layered with all these different memories, all these different you know, role playing or, or murders or sexual encounters. And I think what makes me uncomfortable about this show is that it is very primal. Like it brings out the worst in people, it seems like. So then when an innocent person kind of walks into this world, you're like, what is going on? And see, I think that's interesting because I think you would have to be a little crazy to want to walk into this world. I don't think you would be completely innocent and go into Westworld and play. Because we talked about it, and I think this is something we might talk about later on in the subject, is would me and you go play or would one of us go play? And I think that's interesting because you have to be a little corrupt to even want to do this. Because from what, at least from what we've seen, the people's fantasies, they've all involved rape, torture, shooting people. There's prostitution. If this is if this reminds me of Grand Theft Auto Online, it's crazy of how exploitative this world is. And if we play, is this what exactly it is for everybody, or how does it work? It, it, it's intriguing because I'm wanting to look into Westworld as a real thing, and I know it's not. Yeah, Jimmy Simpson, he plays William on the show. He's now the character, I guess, we're the hero of the story. Like he's the he's the guy who's kind of like the innocent guy that walks into this crazy world, and I know that a disaster is going to ensue afterwards. So somehow he is either going to survive or not survive what goes on in the world. And I think he's the closest to kind of like my personality of what I'd be doing in Westworld. You know, I'd be like, I don't really know what's going on. Like, like we were talking about, like. Sex with robots. Like, I don't know. Yeah, where do you morally stand on that? Like, it's such an interesting debate. And I like that that we have that character of William in this. But I actually wish this was focused a little bit more on Dolores. I think, like you said, she's layered. She has a lot to offer. And I think we're trying to do a lot at one time on this. And I think if we scaled it back at least a little bit for these first three I would have probably been able to like fall in love with a little bit more because like you give me a character like William almost a little bit later on in it than I needed him where we were getting a lot of Dolores and Teddy the first couple episodes. Poor, and poor Teddy. Poor Teddy. Yeah, well, yeah, poor Teddy. His character is just so funny because I think that's just what he's going to be like this whole season. But yeah, I like the William character, but I think I like Dolores the most because I'm intrigued of what she's going to grow in from what all these layers that she has. And then I'm trying to figure out is why people were so impressed with this show. And and the first episode cinematically is a good episode. The way they kind of like keep resetting the universe and you're not sure what's going on and they keep cleaning it up. And Dolores keeps going through these horrible atrocities over and over again. And I'm just like, that's also what makes me want to like walk away from this show. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of harsh man i think like the first episode started with like a rape even if it was off screen like the man in black raped somebody it's dark and it's not it's not an easy viewing and i think that's what i think even game of thrones waited like a couple episodes before we lost someone's head like it's just crazy of what's happening and i think 
I, I, I like it, but I'm surprised other people are liking it because critics are loving this and I'm not sure why and almost how. But well, at least it's a decent remake of what the original was. Yes, I'm impressed by that. Yes, I love how the development of, of how they built the robots and all that like intricate details that they keep showing. But I'll go back to what we were saying before. At least in Game of Thrones, when you die, you're dead. They're not going to like rape you the next day. They're not going to like behead you the next day. And this is where this show gets like very, very dark. And we haven't even talked about the men in black, the the men, the men in black. It's the man in black, Ed Harris, that much. Like, is he human? Is he a robot? Is he a robot that escaped and then came back under the guise of a human? Like, that's he's the only mystery because he kind of makes it a mystery. Like, I got a map and I got to go somewhere. Everybody else is kind of just like in this like glitchy area but at least the, the men in the man in black is, is the only one who's like on a mission to find out the answers yeah and i really like the man in black character and i want to see him dive in more because i have my own theories about him i think he's one of the co-creators we got to hear about arnold i think we or at least his consciousness even if he's put into an android body i think that there's something deeper going on there and i think the man in black I don't you kind of mentioned that he might be a villainous role and I don't know how villainous he's going to be as I think he's trying to figure this out as much as everyone else is but his path is a little bit darker no pun intended because he is the man in black well I put him in the villain role when you rape somebody as soon as you rape somebody you automatically become in my villain department and it's really hard for you to come out of that well yeah yeah that's <laughs> not that's not like a light thing you can just throw on throw around but it's, he's intriguing, and I think that's what I like about him is I know that he's not this all-good moral character, but I think there's – like you said, there's layers to him, and I really want to see these characters with really nice deep layers get evolved more over time, and maybe I'm a little too impatient by it because I need it now. When Anthony Hopkins, Dr. Robert Ford, was walking through the desert, was he walking next to a robot version of his child self? See, that was interesting because I, I don't want to say it goes into time travel, but yeah, I thought that too. And are we going to start seeing past and present versions of other people? How deep does this kind of program go? And that's what I think is keeping me going to watch because like you said, like with – is that his, you know, his child self? What is that? Is that a kid he lost? I don't know what's happening. And I don't, even care, about, I don't even care about the corporate angle. Like there's the corporate angle too. Yeah, yeah, that's so back in the wall kind of thing. Unless that plays harder into the main focus, I don't even care about that at all. And then there's a Hemsworth in this, Luke Hemsworth. Yeah, the other Hemsworth, like not Liam, not Chris, <laughs> Luke, Luke, like the random one. <laughs> Any characters that you like, sidebar characters that you really like? Um, I like the, she kind of runs the brothel, Ellis, Elise, I think her name is. Uh, she's kind of like the main chick. She's she's kind of a lesbian. She, she's just such an intriguing character in this. And what she oh um, ten minutes flew by, sir. Final thoughts on Westworld? I want to see more. I need to see more. I'm intrigued, but I'm not in love yet. What about you? I still watch it every Sunday night, but it's not my must watch. As soon as Walking Dead comes back next weekend, I was just about to say Walking Dead's gonna trump everything on sunday nights we probably should talk about that for like about 30 seconds what do, what do we think is going to happen in walking dead everything um i i don't think 
Negan's killing one person. I think two people are going to be dead. I think that's going to be great. I can't wait to talk about that show. And we give a whole episode devoted just to Walking Dead because that's going to be a wild, wild thing. And as much as Sunday nights are cool with Westworld, it's going to get cooler with Walking Dead. They showed a a, a little glimpse of the, of the episode maybe a few weeks ago and they show Negan and Rick. Rick's getting dragged into the trailer and Negan has an axe and a, I think they're going to really tease chopping his hand off, but they're uh, yeah, definitely, they're not going to do it, but they're going to nah. tease it and just tease the fans the whole entire time. I, I, it, this episode, the walking dead episode, I'm not sure if I can watch it. Like, I think I might need to start an episode two Cause I don't want to watch like a character that I really like get their brains bashed in. And I, How do you I watch like that, that you have that feeling as a, like as a fan of this genre, the Walking Dead rarely does this for me, and I'm excited for it because I think people are so scared to watch it because, like you said, someone you love is going to die. And there's weight to the deaths in this, unlike what we talked about kind of with Westworld that doesn't have heavy kind of consequences. This is as real as consequences get. Bashed brains are going to be there. I read, the, I read the comic book, and like it still gives me a pit in my gut of just sadness. And I just remember it. It ruined the first day of Comic-Con because it came out that Wednesday. I grabbed a copy and I was like, let me read this and write a review. And I was like, fuck. Womp, womp, womp. Oh, man. It was, I mean, I got I ended up going and uh, got the copy. I got the copy signed from Kirkman. And I was just like, you son of a bitch. Like, it's, <laughs> But it was like one of those things where I was like, this is a great moment and a horrible moment all on the same day. Thank you, Kirkman. <laughs> And it's TV, man. I think that feeling you have is going to be doubled, and I think it's going to be crazy. Kirkman is great in writing, but what he's brought to TV is craziness, and I think we're going to get more craziness there. All right, before we go, let's give shout-outs to our super fans. Chad from Winnipeg, holding strong with the comments. Chad always. He's always there for us. I love him as a fan so much. So glad he's here for us. So glad we have someone to always root us on when we need it. And Eric, uh, one of the writers of Monkey's Fighter Robots, he also commented on the podcast. He is not a fan of Emo Cisco on The Flash. Either am I. I think we're I think we're all in agreement that we don't like Emo Cisco. Yeah, I think it's starting to lighten up finally, and we're starting to get back to a little bit more of Cisco. The first two episodes was really deep on that, even with douchebag Cisco to Emo Cisco. This new one, I know you haven't watched it yet. He, he he's getting better, and it's starting to kind of be gone. And we're kind of starting to get back to where we were. So I hope you and Eric kind of like like where this is going because it's not as bad as it once was with the emo Cisco. Oh, EJ, you know what the big drama is this weekend? I'm going to Boston and on a family trip to go visit some relatives. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch The Walking Dead on Sunday night. And I fly back Monday afternoon. So I'm going to have to avoid the Internet. All of the Internet. I oh. mean, like... Avoid people talking about Walking Dead on the streets kind of thing. Right, it's because on the plane, like, I'm going to be at the airport, and I know people are going to be talking about it. Damn, that's going to be hard for you, my friend. I don't even usually watch things live, but I'm even watching The Walking Dead live because I know that it's going to be all over the internet. It's going to be written in the sky probably that night. (laughs) I'm going to try to figure out how I can watch it, but, like, my brother-in-law, he has a really small apartment in Boston, and so... Yeah, my wife, me, my my kid Alice, and then you have my brother-in-law, and like it's a one-bedroom apartment. I'm like, where do I sneak off to go f- watch this? Like, I, was, I might I look gonna... for a bar in Boston that's having a Walking Dead party. 
I was to say, if anything, I guess Alice might watch her first episode of Walking Dead. No, no, no. She loves The Walking Dead. She loves being <laughs> zombies and walking like a zombie. I mean, like, that's what nine-month-olds do. And that's awesome. So <laughs> maybe she should celebrate it with the family. Hi, <laughs> right, EJ. Have a good weekend. You too. Enjoy your trip. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation. After the show, follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. That's what EJ does. EJ does our Instagram account. So if you like a photo, thank EJ. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. My co-host, EJ, is also on Twitter at EJ Christ with a K. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. If you have a chance, we would greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. All you Android users out there, listen to the show on Stitcher. Additionally, there's this great app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station in the world, plus the Monkey Fighting Robots podcast. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 96th episode of Monkey Fighting Robots a success. Our super fan, Chad, is the first one that I'm going to shout out to. Secondly... We get a shout out to EJ Marino because he puts up with me. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. Jeff Shade is the creator of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkey Spreading Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff at Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up and running. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you very much for your support. I'm Matt Sardo, and this is Monkey Spreading Robots.